Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. I know. What if he's still alive down there? They just walk away? Honestly, if it's like a big hole, I don't know. I don't know, man. I know. What if he's still alive and he's like suffering? I don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me. Something doesn't feel right about that. Okay. Well, anyways, if you're reading this, it's too late. The Secret Series by Book Number Eighteen. <laughs> book Number Two, Chapter. Two. Oh my God! Book Two, Chapter Two, Page Three Sixty One. Chapter 2, The Foundling. I'm sure I don't have to tell you how hysterical Cass's mother became when Cass didn't come home after the Skeleton Sisters concert. This time, this time around, she didn't bend it, bend, and it would be months before Cass would step out, foot out of her house again without any accompanying adult. You try telling your mother that you'll be home by 11 p.m. and then getting kidnapped by evil alchemists, saving, save the world with help from a broken down circus have your life saved by a 500 year old homunculus swear an oath homunculus swear an oath that you'll keep all of this stuff secret from everyone including your mother and then show up the following day with no explanation whatsoever Cass was no longer allowed to even take the school bus she had to be driven back and forth to school by her mother or her grandfather's or, as it happened one day every few weeks after the incident at Whisper Lake, by her mother and her grandfathers. That afternoon, Cass's mother was waiting on the curb in front of Cass's school with Grandpa Larry and Grandpa Wayne. It was Grandpa Larry's birthday, and they were all going to an antique auction to celebrate. Oh, that's just fun. As she stepped outside, Cass heard them speaking. Even though they were about a half of a block away, you know it's our story too, not just yours, Grandpa Larry was saying. Maybe we should tell her if you won't. No, 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 I will. Very soon, I promise, said Cass's mother. I just need to find the right. But there's never going to be the right time, said Cass's grandfathers in unison. Reflexively, Cass felt in her pocket for the sound prism, but she wasn't carrying it. She was just hearing them with her own ears, like... Her great-great-great-great-grandfather. Wow. Could the monculus have been right? One thing was for certain. Whatever powers her ears were unique and they were in her heritage from the jester. And something else. It was time. Right now. Right here at front of the school. Before she could change her mind, Cass marched up to the mother, to, to her startled mother and grandfathers and took a big breath. I know you want to say who my father is and took another breath because you don't really know because I was adopted and you're afraid to tell me, but it's okay. And I still love you and you're still my mom. So don't worry. But how, and she took a big breath, but how asked her mother beginning to cry. Somebody sent me this and I can't really explain why. Suddenly teary herself, Cass showed her mother a piece of paper that she'd found on the ground in the Barbie graveyard. 
the birth certificate had been in the sound prison file. She couldn't pinpoint exact, the exact moment that she realized that she was the little girl whose name was on the birth certificate. It could have been when the homunculus told her that she was the heir of the jester, or it might have been one of those sleepless nights after they'd lost the homunculus when Cass thought she'd lost her chance to be part of the Turkish society as well. But she'd been carrying the birth certificate around with her ever since she found it, as if she'd known what it all meant all along. Oh, Cass, I love you so much, said her mother, hugging her tight. Me too, said Cass, hugging her back. Us too, said her beaming grandfathers, closing in for a group hug. She's adopted. Cass was a foundling. As Grandpa Larry and Grandpa Wayne would tell her later that evening, as many times after that, one night, 12 years ago, before, 12 years before, Cass's mother happened to be having tea with them. She was in tears. She had no husband or boyfriend in sight, she told them, and she was afraid that she would never have a child. While Larry and Wayne tried to cheer her up, Sebastian started barking down below. A, com- a customer, they wondered, at this hour? By the time they got downstairs, whoever <clears throat> had been there was gone, but a box had been left on the doorstep. Just so... just It was, I think. Just as so many others had been left on their doorstep, you know, because people just leave stuff on the doorstep in a box because it's an antique store. Everyone everyone knew Larry and Wayne could never bear to throw anything away. The box was taped up just as if it contained old magazines or a mismatched set of plates, and it said nothing but the words, handle with care. A single hole had been poked through the cardboard to let air inside. When they opened the box, they found a tiny baby wrapped in a blanket. There was a note... There was no note, only a meticulous written label. Baby girl, seven pounds, three ounces. Time of birth, 6.35 p.m. But Cass's mother hadn't needed to read the label she to know that baby was hers. Likewise, Cass hadn't needed to hear the story 12 years ago, later to know that her mother was meant to be. Then again, hearing a good story never hurts, especially when it's about you. Aw, that's cool. All right. I don't want to do the last chapter because I mean the book is over. Actually, we still have three more books. How sad is it going to be when we finish the whole series and there's nothing left to read? Boo. Okay, bye.